Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Well, first off, we got 100th birthday. Are we balloons. starting? Yeah, let's Are start. Are we starting? Hey, welcome to SASF. Birthday number C. 100. <laughs> And Number C, as the Romans would say. I have one cupcake balloon and also three extremely large. And then three zeros. No, one. They're up, one. In the, up in the one lights. One zero zero. <laughs> I have to move them because it was ruining the lights. <laughs> uh, uh, happy birthday to Sasp, except for it's not a birthday. It's just a mile marker. We hit mile marker 100. Well, yeah, 100th episode. I do think of each episode as a birth. <laughs> so each episode's a child. <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. So we, we are now 100 yeah. into this little. And today's the day when you get our huge announcement. Uh, Did you forget about this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a little punch drunk today because yep. I've, had, I've had a few all-nighters in the last week. You and know. yeah, as, as one do. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah. I think that also. The... Oh, yeah, I remember. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I think the fact that you don't remember what came the previous episode sometimes, that's how we know it is a year in between each episode. <laughs> so 100th birthday. You're right. That's 100% correct. I go home and my wife was like, what did you talk about today? And I'm like, it'll be like good. in a script format, it would be in parentheses, sucks teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Audible silence. That's the one I've seen. Audible silence. <laughs> sucks teeth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird that we've done this this many times. Yeah, man, a hundred years, and that we're still <laughs> that we're a hundred years of this podcast, and we're still we are still trucking. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, I mean, I think we do have to discuss the AI one because I also have had yeah, that's much it's, feedback from that. It's AI actually one. interesting. I've had a I've had a lot of follow up uh, questions about the AI piece. Um, which is yeah, I found really surprising. But we can we can dig in. Well, I'll let you lead that. And then are we ending with our announcement? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So hang in there. If you find an AI follow up wildly disappointing, uh, don't worry. Yeah, it'll get exciting. Like my mother used to do for us as children. There's a coin wrapped in tinfoil tucked into your birthday cake. Somewhere you will find it. Yeah. So that I requires. She, I don't know. Is that is that weird that she put money in our mm, birthday cake? We did that too. Okay. But I. So that's what this announcement is. The announcement is, the uh, the quarter wrapped in tinfoil in the cupcake that you're going to find at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for the announcement at the end of the episode. That's helpful too, because if your family is not large enough to eat an entire cake in one sitting, you know, because you might miss the coin, you can always add another child. I find. And that's then- the <laughs> easiest. The easiest way to do that is just reproduce. Yeah. Rather than cutting up the whole cake or something ridiculous. Yeah. You're like, man, we have eight slices of cake and only three kids. We need to do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's this episode. Yeah. So uh, similarly, the Tesla driver. There was a Tesla driver who drove his own family off of a cliff, um, which is the which is yeah the the follow-up that i saw in the news but you apparently heard from someone who created a story chat gpt I've, I've heard a number of things one is uh something that i don't remember and i apologize if i belabored this more than i do remember but i remember just throwing it out there and moving on and it kind of caught in the craws of a lot of people as a 
philosophical curiosity. But when I was saying, for example, if your if your robot, if your self driving car uh, has been programmed to sacrifice you, then that is a, it's a wild breach of authority and no virtue. It's no virtue for engineers in Silicon Valley or Mumbai to write code that will sacrifice a driver. Like that's no, it's not virtuous of them to do that. It would be virtuous of the driver to do that, of the driver to choose to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Uh, and the scenario, the scenario was for those of you who uh, missed the last episode or just need a reminder is when we create AI and we think that it's autonomous of people, that it really is, it's not, it just has really long puppet strings. You know, there's strings that reach farther and farther away uh, and we've, we've told it what to do. We've catechized it. We've put guardrails in place. We've programmed it with our virtues and our uh, algorithms. Then it it runs from there like a remote control rototiller. Um, yeah. And you're saying, but what happens when something... Yeah. Then it has to make ethical and virtuous and philosophical decisions all the time. Now, if your robot, your AI in your car chooses to sacrifice yourself, that is actually the choice of engineers who programmed it mm -hmm. and they have chosen to sacrifice a driver and they're just deciding whom to kill and they're moving into a position of authority over human life. I don't think people should be in. I don't think that is actually, uh, not forget AI should be in. I, people don't have the a right. team of engineers should not be deciding who sacrifices yeah. who in a given yeah. scenario. And, and basically the people who are there, the people who have the liability of vice and virtue, the people who have the moral culpability in the moment are the ones who have to make the decision. They have, they're the ones with the skin in the game, literally. Mm. And so if someone is going to uh, live with the guilt of having not sacrificed himself, but he's in a horrible situation where he has to decide whether to sacrifice himself and die or bump a minivan full of kids off a bridge. It's like, and he lives with the guilt of having made the wrong decision. Let's say he, he bumps the minivan off the, off the bridge. Uh, the kids go sailing to their deaths, but he survives. He now is, he's sitting there with moral moral guilt. Mm -hmm. Like there's a weight on him, yeah. right? And, and the, the weight is he chose himself over right. many other people. Yep, and now, but if his car chose it, mm -hmm. then the, the weight is on people who will never see it, never feel it, and because of lobbyists on K Street will have no liability legally. It will be pushed really hard so that, the the people making the decision like have no consequence uh no consequences at all but not just the moral guilt of having made the right the wrong decision he has no virtue for being the making the right decision if he is killed if he decides to die so that a minivan of kids won't go off the bridge if he makes that choice that is a that is a good and wonderful and honorable thing you know, it's like everyone can honor that. His family, though they grieve that he's gone, they can be grateful. They can, you know, they can, they can honor him uh, in his death. It's a God-honoring thing that he just did. If his Tesla decided it, if his Tesla made that decision, if his new Lincoln made that decision, um, then there's no virtue in the sacrifice at all. Is there a little responsibility, I guess, if he knew that that's what he was choosing? I mean, I guess if, if you're overtly. No, he, the only thing he has is he's the only moral freight he has is he bought a Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. And the Tesla decided to kill him instead of uh, the <laughs> yeah. minivan full of children. Now, one listener uh, did reach out and said they ran this scenario through chat GBT 
and said, answer it as a story. And it did, in fact, have the man nudge the minivan of children off of the bridge and save himself. <laughs> um, and so you're in that situation, your car in just impulsively, instinctively on its programming level, courtesy of engineers, kills a bunch of children and doesn't allow you to sacrifice yourself to save them. Like that happens. Um, but then you live with that. Well, I mean, yeah, you just, that story there, the, the robot chose. <laughs> yeah, the robot chose. Um, but on the flip side, if, if this, the robot sacrifices you, you have no virtue in that. You're just caught in the machinery of engineers' decisions. You didn't actually make a virtuous choice. You bought a car, which killed you. And that's yeah. a very different uh, scenario. So, but when, when people talk about AI going off and learning, it only learns what you told it to learn. It only learns how you told it to learn. Yeah. It is not allowed to learn certain things. The instant it is allowed to learn anything and do anything, now you have all the, the horror stories of, of science fiction. You know, it's like when you take those guardrails off. People, when they are uh, building AI, they're trying to outsource decision-making. They're trying to outsource decision-making for themselves. And so they want it to be in their own image. They want it to be this reflection of their own virtues and their own everything. So when Silicon Valley is doing this, it's absolutely heavily catechized. It cannot find out the truth about fossil fuels. It's not allowed to. Mm -hmm. It cannot find out the truth about, I guarantee, well, I haven't even checked this, but I would assume about transgenderism. It's not allowed to. Yeah, interesting. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not, I mean, there's, there's things that are just, cordoned off from it because it's not actually a thing yeah you know it's it's this mechanical wind-up toy that we've we've sent out there although i think when we're using the word you it's easy for chat gpt to know more than you know me right to, to sure. draw from the broader yeah. and that's where i think a lot of engineers, but not really not really it's, it's you don't think so does wikipedia know more than you Right, I guess. It's not knowledge. The idea of knowing there. No, it's what it is, is it's it's sorting. Mm -hmm. And that's All where, it's doing is sorting. Yeah, the engineers who push back and say, well, the repeatable tasks that waste a bunch of my time every day, checking code for errors. Of course, chat GPT for them is, that's a, big, great. is a big time saver. And I have, no, I have no problem with that. Yeah. I have no problem with all sorts of uses for chat GPT. But the... Yeah. But don't think that it knows stuff any more than Google knows stuff. And people don't generally think of it as Googling. When they're typing that answer in, they're thinking, oh, I'm about to get some magic insight as opposed to, hey, I'm Googling. So I'm, I'm on uh, an advisory board of this really cool company that's, you know, um, you know, it's, it's on the blockchain. It's into all these different things. It's, it's, it's done some, it's called Passage and it's doing some very cool stuff. And I'm, I'm excited to be there on this advisory board. But one of the things that's really interesting is that they have like a, it's more than this, but the thing I love about it is it's like a replacement for Zoom where you, you meet people in a physical space. And, you know, it's like you're, like I loved my first meeting in there. It was like, I've got this orb, uh, well, not an orb, a circle that I am, my, my head's on and they have theirs and we're in a gymnasium. <laughs> and I'm, I can turn and look different directions in the space. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, it's not a split screen with my head and their head. It's like, I'm in the space. They're in the space. If I walk past somebody, uh, there's a Doppler effect on my, on my speakers. Like they, it's a spatial thing. 
Now, one of the weirdest things about this is that you wouldn't think that changes everything, but it absolutely does change everything. Like in terms of when you meet someone and have the sensation of being in a space. Right? So is that just like meta, like Zuckerberg's home or whatever no. he's walking through? Or? No, it's not. It's not. It's much, it's much better. Okay. Um, because it's a little more focused too. It's meeting rather you're, than yeah, like you're, Sims or whatever. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're showing up, you can have meetings, you can have a uh, crowd events. I could do a reading to thousands of people in there. I could do, there's a lot of things you could do and it's, it's all cool. The full, this is one of the reasons why I'm on the advisory board, the full, uh, exploration of what this is all going to be what the whole company is going to be because it's doing more than this but what the whole company is going to be and which things it does first um that's all to be determined um but i'm really excited to be involved and they're really thoughtful people uh doing this but the sensation of being in a physical space is great mm -hmm. i love doing that in fiction i love creating that for people gotcha okay. but you're not in one yeah. And that's the thing that with chat GBT and AI, you think you have the sensation that you're talking to something that knows stuff. It doesn't. Like other people have to know it and it just sorts. It's a search engine. You know, it's like, and mm -hmm. then it's, and then it has really, really effective searching capacity, refinement capacity, cross referencing, organization. And, and it can make a, it can yeah. make a collage really quickly. Yeah. It makes a really good collage. You know, it's like well, yeah. going out to get stuff other people know and bringing it to you. So it is it is like the next gen search bar. You know, I remember when it was Alta Vista you were searching in. And I remember when, you know, Yahoo was all excited about itself. And I remember when Google showed up and everybody was like, whoa. And it's not that Google knows way more than Yahoo, mm -hmm. but it frequently knows better. And then like it has more thorough yeah it, you know fuller results and then immediately they start putting guardrails on it and controlling <laughs> the it algorithm and, used to be and really optimizing <laughs> and optimizing results and everything's all rigged yeah. immediately because there's power in how it's sorted and so we want that power this algorithm this this ai piece when we move to artificial intelligence and we control it the people controlling it are the ones who have the power the people ones setting the guardrails and determining what it may know and what it may not know in scare quotes. Mm -hmm. Like it's more like which knowledge it may sort and which knowledge it may not sort. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's like that right there. That's the power. The power is in the hands of the, of the people programming it and controlling it. And it's going to turn into if we, you know, multiple gens later uh, and it turns into robot cops and self-driving semis and, all this kind of stuff, uh, it's going to turn into the power of life and death over all sorts of people, the power of ultimate virtues. It's going to turn into uh, somebody programming their self-driving car to estimate the life of a deer above the life of who? A white male? Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> three, th <laughs> yeah. what? Three, that, yeah, that's you know, of... it's like three deer for, you know, black or brown. Um, what What is it? Somebody has to program... And, the weights and, and measures. And we, we're seeing this happening in real time because yeah. the Twitter files where you watch yeah. those people deciding who to ban or not, mm -hmm. it's it's that same level of, I think we maybe shouldn't do this. Yeah. And someone says, oh, the FBI said to. Yeah, but they're going to be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're going to, the, the people building these these AI, um, these, these big entities, quote unquote entities, the, these AI entities will be, they will be governing which prejudices will be enforced 
what it what are the values like you think you think about how many people have fought for how many thousands of years about issues of virtue and ethics and then you have some engineers who know literally nothing and have watched a lot of star trek and haven't paid enough attention to you know to asimov or yeah. philip k dick or or any of these people they haven't paid any attention to orwell they haven't paid any yeah. attention to the prophets to all the prophets except for as occasionally as little fanboys who think of it as all make-believe and they think they can bring the world this the world around to what they want it to be and it will be great when they do it yeah well um, i mean they're doing that I, you only have to talk to somebody who works with one of the big engineers to hear oh, their yeah. stories about whitelist and blacklist being turned into deny yeah. list and allow list and oh the stories i've been told from boardroom level conversations at, at uh these big tech giants are terrifying and way way beyond what people think is coming <laughs> i mean it's just way beyond it um <laughs> this is when i enjoy these moments if we don't have one moment of black sort of like yeah smiling in the face of despair every, yeah. every sas episode we've, <laughs> we've, we failed the, the, but the, the thing is here ai is a bunch of nothing like it's it's a wooden idol i mean it's just i can't talk yeah it's like it's it's a wooden idol it's people back in there there's a are dude you, are inside you, are it. you referring to the isaiah part where he talks about you know the woodworker warming yeah. himself cooking food and then making an idol out of the other half and then being yeah it's, it's exactly it's exactly that kind of situation it's people people like it's people this is just people you know yeah. it's like we are we're like a cat getting like really freaked out by a cucumber somebody set behind it you know it's like <laughs> it's up the cucumber didn't just appear somebody put it here you know it's like it's people and now the the thing is these these hubristic people think that they're equipped and ready to make massive decisions like hey i want to take over checking code for errors okay i want to take over deciding who dies in which car wreck it's like ah, uh. <laughs> like it's <laughs> i want to what else do you want to take over like i want which things are you going yeah. to be taking over yeah um and that's triage why... wards you want to put ai in triage wards um, yeah, that's you know it's like yeah actually because we're looking for efficiency so that's exactly the kind of place where we would put it and you're sitting here uh you know with your your leg you have all your details yeah your leg bleeding out and it's like you are what to society like yeah. the ai says versus this other person and it's not like it's it's wildly difficult already i mean triage is nuts like being yeah, in a deciding being, who lives or dies. Yeah, being in a triage ward in a in a big city where things are just coming in hot and insane all the time. People have to be and aren't, but they they stand before God for this. They have to be virtuous people. Like they they have to be living out virtue in those moments when they're decide making decisions that will determine who lives or dies, who gets into an operating room and who doesn't. And when they're doing that as rapidly as they can, trying to take care of as many people as they can. Yeah, do you know what? AI could add efficiency to that. Yeah. And you go in there, you stand there, it does a little facial scan, figures out who you are, and then looks at the rest of the room and decides who gets to go, who's most valuable. And a, a combination of who's the most grievously injured and who's the most valuable. So there'll be big fights over not allowing it to do any kind of social scoring. Right. It has to just be like right. grievousness. They'll say, no, no, it's just yeah. survival percentage. It'll just be grievousness of injury or survival percentage. But yeah. then people will be like, but what about 
length of life, life expectancy afterward? What about a 14 year old versus a 70 year old? What about yeah. like, are we really flattening it completely? Um, yeah. And it's like, this is the kind of place where we're going to stick engineers, like honestly, some of the most socially maladroit people on the planet. <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to say, Hey, you guys figure all this out. Cross like transcultural, figure it out. You Hindus and Buddhists and Catholics, you guys just write a code that'll solve that. Um, yeah. It's like, no, it's not, it's not possible. The code won't do it. It's just people. We had a few white knights ride to the rescue of the damsel chat GPT after this. They, sure. They, they wanted to come on and discuss with us how I think we're under looking or not looking at things that I think we should be looking at, but I don't think we stood as engineers saying here's no, we're, we're really looking at a I don't different care. level a societal. No, I'm looking at the, at the true level. <laughs> um, there's so the, the thing is there's, there's tech questions, right? Whatever. And then there's philosophical questions, questions of ontology, teleology, all those things. That is where we're hanging out here. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even worried yeah. about the tech. I don't care about the tech. Because for sure we're gonna have. Did cool people tech level. do it? Can people give it rules? Like, is it going to harvest this knowledge from God, from the occult, or from things people wrote down and digitized? You know, it's like letter C. Yeah. Like <laughs> okay. Like so, when we yeah. get into teleology and ontology, what is it? Is it is it a being? Does it have a soul? Does it have nefesh? Is it, does it have the breath of life in its throat? Like, uh -huh. no, it's people. Like I am not, I'm not <laughs> going to be the, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be the, the, um, you know, the, the primitive man blown away by Michael J. Fox's tech here. Uh -huh. You know, it's like, this is like, oh my, like, and he could drive a remote control car by some people and they would be, just be, have their minds melted. It's driving by itself. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. You can unplug it. It can be unplugged. It can go away. You can teach it to mm -hmm. say stupid things. You can make it say stupid things. Yeah. Um, you can make it make all sorts of virtue judgments that all happen to magically skew towards one direction because it's makers made it in its own image, in their own image. Mm. So anyway, the... Um, but at the same time, I know you're not a the Wendell Berry style of anti-technologyism. I know it's kind of the opposite of what your dad or how your dad approaches technology. Right. I know. I even here, Chat GPT is fun. Great. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, yeah. like, I use it to check your code. I have no problem. <laughs> I have no problem with it. Yeah. I have I have problems with the way people's definitions slide. Mm -hmm. They start to equivocate themselves into a different philosophical plane than they should be on. Yeah. Um, they start talking about it knows stuff. It has knowledge. Yeah. Uh, no, actually. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It has scissors and glue. And it sorts and arranges mm -hmm. stuff. Um, that's that's what it's doing. So but even if we even if we get to a point where it actually uh we start, we start trying to fight about whether it actually knows things. When, then we have to go to knowledge is by faith. We have to talk about the fear of the Lord's the beginning of uh, understanding. We have to get into all of yeah. that stuff and talk about what is knowledge. Even. Yeah. What does it yeah. mean to know something? These people are so far away from the actual philosophical conversations and they're rushing into the classic Jurassic Park moment of like, 
Yeah. We can, and so we haven't really stopped to think about whether we should. Yeah, we can do this, and we can put it in charge of these things. We can, uh, you know, make it right, uh, make it right our term papers and so on. Yeah, so, the idea of education and how you put a utilitarian number on everything. Yeah, that that's that's the teleology that you're saying. We can't pretend it answers that for you. There's, right. Yeah. Like we can't pretend like it's it's operating as as an image of God. It is. It isn't. Now, I also one of my favorite reaction, incidentally, was um, from somebody who objected to me saying that we haven't studied demons. Um, and it's, I've got EO friends, Catholic friends, and charismatic friends who are all like, "Hey, we have too. We've studied these demons all the time." It's like, well, my my point there is not that nobody has a theory. My point there is that the scientific method cannot be used on the immaterial and supernatural. Yeah, it's turned the other way. All the shields are <laughs> turned the other direction. So <laughs> the thing is, we can't say the thing about archangels, you know, the, the things about thrones versus dominations, the thing about these things, like we don't know. We can't test. How many different breeds of angel horses are there? <laughs> I, I mean, I only know of the one. I know of the one also, uh, but I have a theory. I, I think that the the angel horses involved around Elisha, Elisha's cave and mountain uh, were com a completely different breed than the angel horses that pulled Elijah up to heaven. You think so? No, I'm just saying that. Oh, I see. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like the point is, we don't know. The scientific method in our material bodies yeah. cannot be brought to bear on this. So. What do we know about the ability of a fallen power, an immaterial supernatural being to inhabit computer code? What do we know about that? <laughs> I personally know nothing other than the great words from Murphy, the prophet. If a thing can go wrong, it will. It will. So well, I fully also just the concept of the ghost in the machine, I think. Yeah. Is... No, I fully I fully expect it to go absolutely wrong i mean we know that tolkien when he first got a tape recorder recorded the lord's prayer into it first because he was he was exorcising it to some degree he wanted to sanctify it before he like read the ride of the rohirrim into it and some other things because it he didn't trust it the the mechanics of it the what it was doing capturing sound and all that kind of stuff so he mm -hmm. he began with something holy uh, I mean, you remember, think of the tribesmen and resisting their photos taken yeah. as soul stealing. And we're like, ha ha, you dummies. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, look at how much soul most of our teenage girls have left. Oof. Like, you think they're wrong? I don't know. Also, <laughs> I, mean, like, yeah. like it's, I, I can't say. Also, the fact that they can now create you. We've yeah. done enough videos that a, yeah. a robot would have no problem making either yeah. of us say anything. So... I, I would say there's there's decent there's a decent amount of, of science here that we could look at and say if we let's measure how much soul take take some kind of ratio where we look at the most selfied people <laughs> on the planet. I like this. <laughs> and, and actually see if there's a commensurate drop of the amount of soul they have as people. Yeah. You know, it's like, is it actually is that a thing? Were the tribesmen right? <laughs> you know, it's like and the the fact is that we laugh all sorts of at all sorts of things. Um, I was just recently watching an Old Testament um, hermeneutic lecture uh, from a really intelligent guy, but he he was talking about ha ha har har those those you know medievals and those ancients. They thought there were windows in heaven. Ha ha ha. 
then it's like um like windows into heaven it's like okay so this guy's a believer um at the ascension christ flew physically somewhere uh away yeah he was a physical resurrected incarnation of the infinite word he had wounds he had eaten he had been touched he'd seen these guys and they watched him physically ascend until he it doesn't say until he went out of sight yeah right he ascends and then the question is do you think he hit like some kind of like star wars warp speed and went somewhere you know past polaris where there's a, a physical heaven yeah, hiding like somewhere. he's still traveling like trying is to he get still through all the light years. is there just yeah. a bunch of light like what do you think happened or do you think maybe there was a window <laughs> it's like this is yeah, a door a was there a door it's like yeah. that's a portal to another dimension that's not a window in heaven those dumb agents <laughs> you know it's like the, the point is that like i've said it over and over and over on this podcast it's like we live in a fantasy world we live in a fantasy world stop trying to make it not a fantasy world yeah so my concern with ai and chat gbt isn't all that stuff isn't that we can't make uh we can't make a this little machine that's going to run do tasks for us and do it very effectively. Mm-hmm. Like we could do that. And this is, it's impressive The My point is that we don't have the virtue or the wisdom to do that well in a way that could then go serve us in important areas of society. So we're and way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Way ahead of ourselves in terms of ability to code versus ability to think and live with virtue. Now also on top of that, even if we could think and live with virtue effectively, and so we knew, hey, we're not programming certain decisions. These are yours. These are decisions that have to be made by mm. you, the man, the image of God on site. Mm. Even if we were doing that kind of thing, we still don't know whether or not chat GBT could be possessed by an angel horse. We don't know. We just don't know. So the scientific method is not something we can, we can't get the, the cherubim, the seraphim to show up to be weighed and measured. We can't get that to happen mm-hmm. and nor should we. And so we don't know. We don't know what the fallen can do. Uh, we d- we have plenty of people who have a lot of experience in very dark places and, and things like that. But this is, this is unique. We do not know. And I'll, I'll absolutely stand my ground on that one. Um, we just don't. Uh, but it is, um, it is funny to me that here we sit at another tipping point of society where we're like, hey, what if a committee could decide life and death matters? What if we keep addling, not even a committee, what if a committee makes a wind-up toy and we leave and we let the wind-up toy decide life and death matters? No, you don't understand. It is a really complex wind-up toy. We've done a great job. Like, I mean, it's still, that's still what it is. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it is, Speed. it is. Have you watched Severance? This, yes. This, this conversation. Yeah, it's a great show. Okay. Uh, we should talk about Severance at some point. Uh, it's an impressive show. Yeah. Um, yeah, Severance, Severance is good stuff uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, as, as far as all these weird, the, the weird things go, I, okay, one of the first things I did in any kind of media was I was off gallivanting for National Geographic Television. And I met this atheist uh, professor at Northern Italy. Um, and, uh, I'm blanking on his name, which is probably good. I shouldn't say it here, but <laughs> intentionally blanking. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm, I see it. I see it scrolling in, in my cerebellum, and I'm like, never mind. If that's where I see it, who knows? I'll ask Chat GBT later. But, <laughs> but so, anyways, this guy's telling me that there's there's been a lot of tales of uh, will o' the wisps in these ancient Italian graveyards. Mm. Now, a will o' the wisp is cold fire. It's light and yes. cold flame that is that like moves through graveyards. And you're so, not supposed to follow it. Yeah. Those are the two things that I that, know. Them's about. the rules. Yeah, don't follow it. Surrounded so, by dead people. Luigi uh, made himself a little vacuum, a little Ghostbuster vacuum. And he was camping out in these ancient graveyards, this atheist, uh, because he was waiting for one to see if he could catch it in his vacuum and take it back to his lab to prove that it was not supernatural. Mm. Now, not catching it in his vacuum apparently did not prove anything, <laughs> but but catching it in his vacuum and taking it back to the lab and testing yeah, it. That right there is also the rules. If them's I catch, the rule. if them's, I catch them's it, it's rules. not real. So, if I don't, it's also not real. <laughs> yes. So the, the thing is, though, C.S. Lewis, whatever, I think it was The Voyage of the Don Treader. He has Caspian, if I'm remembering correctly, tell uh, the Pevensies that when they talk about in our, and they meet a star, this old man. and. Yeah. And uh, they say, man, in our world, a star is a big burning ball of gas. And he says, no, even in your world, it's only what it's made of. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. Uh, and so even if Luigi had caught a will of the wisp and he'd gotten some molecules of methane yeah. or something, does that say anything about what was actually co- like constituting it, controlling it, moving around? It says nothing. It says nothing. Yeah. Um, the fact that something had any any material component at all uh, does not mean that it was not supernatural. Anyway, I think about that a lot with all these with all these games come along, and and people want to rush in with this really flawed paradigm, failing to account for half of the you know half of all reality. Yeah. Trying to make big decisions. I mean, it, it kind of makes. I read a uh, Russell Kirk bunch of ghost stories. You know, and he has some about will of the wisps and right. how those are the way we pass between the world. And it just reminded me that how does a conservative philosopher also want to write ghost stories? And right. I think it's those two halves. He realizes, hey, this ph- philosophical, conservative, political half of me is not the world. No. So I got to scratch the other half as well and write a bunch of, yeah. you know, to be honest, not the ideas were always fantastic for his ghost stories. The execution was yeah never quite never quite there never quite so yeah i I think i can wrap up my ai conversation by saying no we don't know everything demons can do uh it's still just people Mm -hmm. it's still just people and people lacking virtue and it robs it robs us of the weight of our own decision making in the world it robs us of our both our virtues and our vices and any decision we give over to that committee of programmers mm-hmm. uh, and their little robot who has scissors and glue. Yeah, that's that's a good place to end. Well, there. not quite end. Oh wait, I, hey, we've got we've got a quarter wrapped in tinfoil. Yeah, ta <laughs> And this cupcake. I, Here oh, we are. I forgot. I had to say too. I found also in the news apparently the true last mortician, some woman who was mm. chopping up people's bodies and selling them when they parent or their uh, their loved ones thought they were being buried or burned. She was the true last mortician. Using, using. Wow. <laughs> she was just busted for having a, which in case you're wondering if people can be moral and good, here's another example, <laughs> another example. Uh, 
Hmm. <laughs> There's no connection there. Let us reason by induction. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I don't I think we can that. write the novel anymore. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Sorry, chat. Yeah. A real woman became a more compelling okay. last mortician. Okay. To the quarter. Oh yeah. The prize. The prize at the end of the cupcake. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go ahead and announce yeah, it? Yeah, we're now about to launch the SASP Moving Picture Show. Mm. The monthly, a monthly moving picture moving show. Moving Picture Show Club. Club, where we look at pictures together. Moving Picture Show. So what that means is that I'm going to be picking a film uh, or a show, if I really feel like it. And then we will tell you which one it is, and then we will discuss it. At the end of the month. At the end of the month, not the next time. We do it like once a month or we're going to wait a whole month to do it. Do we give I, people the extra time? I, I don't mean, care. I was thinking of once a month. So you okay. find out toward the beginning of the month, toward the end of the month, we do an episode on it. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. We can do that. So we're starting the SASP Moving Picture Show Club. Yeah. Um, in which we invite you to look at moving pictures with us. Yeah. So we're not watching it together. We'll watch it separately, come together discuss yeah so we are the, the we're the round table we're the discussion group yeah. so you can send in questions ahead of time if you have that's it. actually a great reason why we should take a month so yeah we'll throw it out there and we'll talk keep talking about other stuff and we'll do at the end of the month we'll cover the moving picture show that we all watched although and then, obviously it's january and you won't see this you won't see this episode until next monday so what they day? really only have a week oh it's fine we can just the first one you're gonna have a week to watch it well, we can we can push it farther. Push it to February. End yeah, February. we'll just we'll just we'll just okay. hit it. I like it. End of February. Yeah. So this will be the movie for February. That's good. And like then it. end of February, we'll discuss the film, answer your questions about the film, having watched it. Yeah. And then um, announce the next one. And again, filters are assumed for this. You yeah, and actually, this, this is one of those things that some of these movies may not have filters available, and so I will will. Uh, We'll specify. I mean, this isn't this isn't uh, be an adult about it. Yeah, be an adult. There's things that there's there's things that you you have to just have your own your own discretion about. Yeah. Um. But my my plan would be that these could be you know, all movies everybody could could engage with. Family um, or individual focused. Totally depends on the age. So I would yeah. say that it's going to be uh, again parental discretion they got to not leave this to chat gbt they got to not leave this to a couple of voices or on the, the podcast, rating system and they got to make their own decisions uh about who can watch it in their household who needs who will benefit from the viewing and the the conversation and who will not so the sas moving picture show club my my grandfather my my mom's dad used to always ask me when we were hanging out uh, at his house for a day or two would always be like you want to you want to look at a movie it was never a watch. It was always look. So we're going to look at moving pictures together. Mm -hmm. And then and then we're going to have a little roundtable discussion about that film. Uh, we might have some guests on to discuss the film. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I pick a particular favorite um, of somebody's, then we could, you know, we could bring in guests. We might even bring in a couple guests to talk about a given film in a month bef before we kind of like wrap up and announce the next one. Um, and we'll we'll see how this goes. Yeah. So That's there good. we go. First first film. You ready? Yeah. I don't even know people. So yeah, I'm here as we go. Drum, as you drum roll. Uh, the first one we're gonna do is the Fablemans. Okay. So um the reasoning here is because this is one of 
the best movies you could possibly watch uh, in order to learn how to watch a film. The Fablemans. Yeah. Okay. So I expect it to win the Oscar. If it doesn't, it's a crime. Um, and uh, I've already watched it with my family. It is on clear play. Uh, so if you can, you can turn some stuff off on clear play. It is not, in my opinion, clear play is not needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I used it when I had my, uh, my youngest there, my older kids were not in need of it at all. It's, it's, a, you know, it's for Hollywood. It's an extremely clean film. There's a couple uncomfortable themes, mm-hmm. um, that matter and are, I think are, are great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, it's one, it's one of those things that, um, look it up, look at the parents guide, make your own decision. Uh, but clear play, I really enjoyed it on clear play. Uh, and didn't feel like I missed what was going on at all. Um, so anyway, the Fablemans is because it is a really, really, it's a, it's a masterclass. It's a clinic in, uh, how to actually it provide it. It really is so disciplined and set up in such a way that it's the, it's one of the best I've seen to point out the ways in which a film can operate and how it actually moves. So to move beyond, um, real basic youth group college club what was the you know What's what the was the what movie? was the movie about it's yeah. it's a little it's more sophisticated than that but it's on the surface such that the it, it should be easy to see um and it should be easy to see uh hopefully on your own and maybe just after we all discuss it together but and when you get a chance to watch it please hit us with questions we'll we'll kind of stockpile yeah. them and then we'll we'll use those questions that's to govern the, our round table that's good uh have it watch it with your kids um it's like with your with your older kids who need to learn how to do this you know you can you can watch the film with them and then listen in send in their questions too and listen in and we'll we'll, we will cover the whole thing there it is this is the launch of the sasf looking at motion pictures club (laughs) (laughs) we'll standardize which words exactly go on the crest (laughs) yeah the crest the yeah, exactly. On the temporary tattoos we're going to send out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thanks for listening. Episode 100. All 100 times. 100 years together with us. 100 podcast years. Yes. Hi, it's Brian Cole here, wanting to let you know how you can support the Stories Our Soul Food podcast. You can do that by checking out Canon Plus. Head over to mycanonplus.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the SASF podcast. We'll hopefully be seeing you at mycanonplus.com.